Inbounds Turner, left side of the backcourt. Turner crossed the timeline, throws it from high on the right. He hit it! He hit it just inside of half court! Lane's on the other wing. He finds oh! 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 Send it in, Jerome! Oh! <laughs> College basketball! This is March Madness! everybody welcome to a brand new podcast from your friends here at 97.1 the fan this is mad about hoops i am one of your favorite college basketball friends timmy hall another one of your favorite college basketball friends evil bald colin ebc is sitting right here next to me colin it's good to see you here for this new venture tim thank you for having me i appreciate it a lot i know We've talked about it in the little preserp we had early on. I am so excited to get into the sport because, like I said, we are your favorite friends with college basketball. Well, if if this is your thing, it's it's a safe haven for you. This is going to be only college basketball. That's all this is going to be. So if you love the Buckeyes like we do, if you are absolutely pumped about the season – that is upon us right here as we drop this podcast. This is going to be a week-to-week thing, so it's not going to be as evergreen as some other podcasts that you're going to find, but I figure that's what you know most like sports-specific podcasts will be like. We're going to keep this going with one to two updates throughout the season, however we can get them. So we will try to be as bland or as specific as we can, telling you like where we are, what games we already saw. For instance, we already saw the Champions Classic, the first night of college basketball, that was on a Tuesday, and we are actually getting ready to to watch Ohio State take on Cincinnati, so we're excited about that. But you know what, Colin, you and I really only want to be talking about college basketball. I, I mean, to be honest with you, yes, and I think we can, I don't know if we're going to get into this Champions Classic from last night, but what an awesome way to start the season. I mean, we're talking about two teams that have a lot of unknowns. They have some pretty high-touted freshmen but, I mean, not like the likes of uh, Zion Williamson or R.J. Barrett. So it was pretty cool to see first night who's going to be the guys that steps up for these Blue Bloods around the college basketball. Not just talking uh, about our team, too, with Ohio State and who's going to step up with our team. Yeah, it's Duke is interesting, right? Like, And that's the one thing you got to give Coach K massive credit for. His mentor, Bobby Knight, as we know, never, never was willing to adapt. He wasn't willing to adapt to where college basketball was going. That's why it's tough to say Bobby Knight's not great. I mean, I hate him, but he was great. He won three national championships in his time. How many guys have ever done that in the history of the sport? Coach K and a few others. That's it. But Coach K is the best coach that ever lived because he has taken everything that time has thrown his way and he's adapted to it. I mean, just look at the past two years. You, you have a team last year that was pretty much positionless with how they use guys like Reddish, Barrett, True. and Zion Williamson. Now you're changing up to this year. You have pretty much a, a solid core of conventional players that are going to be set to their skill set. 
you can have a more traditional point guard in Trey Jones. You can have a more of a stretch mm-hmm. forward in a guy like Matthew Hurt and Javin Delorier. Jack White, somebody. Yes, Jack Knock White. down a shot. He can get his eye busted open and then come down the next possession and hit a three, his first bucket of the game. And surprisingly enough, a very good rim protector as of last night when mm-hmm. I saw. I, I'm impressed by that. But yeah, the way he's adapted, not even just over his entire career, but within the past two years is impressive. How Seriously, how cool is it? Because college basketball, and I think we all get a little bit hurt about this as college hoops fans that nobody pays attention to our sport. Like, didn't it drive you crazy? Didn't it hurt your soul a little bit when someone like Kirk Herbstreet stood up there and said, Oh, you know what? I just, I'm a big college basketball fan, but I don't really turn the page until January. Then you're not, then you're not he a big proceed- college yeah. basketball fan, buddy. He, All did, right? he then proceeded to acknowledge like as a bookie as like blue 35 or stop it. Stuff like that. Like, yeah. come on, man. That's Udoka as a bookie. That's bookie out there. One of the Come best on. He's forwards you're going to find. He's a 34% free throw shooter. Wow. You know who he is. That was rough. It's. I'm telling you, that's a bad thing. Like That's something that could take a great player and completely neutralize oh, you. Easily. It really He's, does suck. You saw it later in that game. They were okay with giving up the fouls. But no, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't want to hit on that to, uh, to to start off. It's not just getting you know knee deep into those games. You had one versus two and three versus four, and Kentucky and Duke were the guys that emerged victorious. I thought it was actually great how uh, you had Izzo, just some of the things around that night and how it, how it plays out on TV. You had real real smart things. I like to see what you know evolves with programming and how they show it to us, and just having a little setting like that where you have the college football playoff ranking in the middle of the two games. I think that's a cool thing. That's a neat thing that just works when you have Izzo and. You have Calipari right there on the floor, right before the ball is tipped off, yucking it up a little bit. Wasn't that cool? It's cool. It's just cool, right, to see fans. And Cal, like, steps in there and says, like, I, you know, who's going to hit the big shot for you, you know, or whatever. We don't know these things. I think Izzo knows. Cassius Winston's going to be the guy that can – Pretty much do everything for they Michigan downplay State. their own players, but I'm, they I mean, downplay you're, you're comparing it, yeah. Ashton Hagens and Cassius Winston together. I mean, those are pretty dang good point guards you're gonna find in the nation. I mean, it was real. It was just cool. Like, to, it, I I have a theory that they kind of influence the polls and then pick the games because I mean, seriously, three versus four, and then one versus two. They even had the right one early. You know how you how do you pick that too? Like Duke, can't, which one do we want to be the primetime event? I know like three versus four is Duke, Kansas, but you might have a little something to say where that should have been the later game based off the fan bases and just the sheer popularity with where those guys live in college hoops. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, Duke and Kansas, a little bit ahead of where like Michigan State and Kentucky are. I would say yes, but I'm telling you right now, we we may get into it deeper, but I was in love with what Kentucky presented last night with their guards. I mean, Tyrese Maxey and uh, Ashton Hagens that we talked about, those guys are they're probably going to perform a lot better than I expected them to because when we get to later on with our final four picks, they weren't a team that I really considered. Evil bald column, I want you to tell me a little bit a little bit about why this sport became so important to you or what you latched on to because this is our very first Mad About Hoops podcast. Uh, I know a lot of our listeners here at the fan hear you producing shows. Beamer and I love you to death. You're the producer of the Buckeye show, but getting some more airtime for you is uh, something I always wanted for you, which is why I wanted you to be on this podcast because I know what a lover of the sport you are. And that's what it's all about. Tell me a story or 
why you latched onto the sport, maybe as a kid, who your teams were, how it happened. Oh, I mean, there's so many places I could start. I mean, first off, I'm a little bit younger, so, I mean, the era of How the, old are you? I am 24 now. Damn. So right about right about the What's middle. What's it like? <laughs> it's pretty nice. Let it's me pretty, tell you. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, but the, the the middle of my teens, like early teens and whatnot, that was right around the run with Greg Oden and Mike Connolly and whatnot. That really got me sparked mm-hmm. into the sport. And then so they, it was just Ohio State. Or, originally, yes. Then mm-hmm. I had a mentor along the way that kind of got me into more of Butler, and I, you know, I started to follow it because I liked the underdog story that they presented in Horizon League. Hey, hey, common and, bond. I love but love Butler. And then, always loved and Butler. And then they made the two national championship games back to back, and just the Cinderella run aspect of college basketball, I would say, is the overlying factor of why I fell in love with the sport. Because anybody, no matter how they do it. Week one, the Champions Classic, whatever, it does not matter. As long as you make the dance, mm-hmm. anything can happen. Anything and I can, love that. Anything can happen. Butler did prove that, right? And still, I know, Butler did it. You still have to take that rule of thumb and say, well, like Weber State as a 15 or 16 seed, that can't really happen. Like we saw the 16 beat the one, and we always, I wasn't one of them actually. People said that could never happen. I was never one that said that couldn't happen. I always I knew that that was going to happen just a matter of time with how crazy it is. But 16 seeds can't really make a run to the championship game. Like that that will be something that blows my brain right out of my skull if that ever does happen. Hey, who is your who is your mentor? We need to know so, who he is yeah, or well, she is. He he's just he was a guy that coached me during my baseball years and was okay. really close and helped me up through uh, baseball growing up, and he, pl- he actually pitched at Butler, so he kind of got me into it. And, shout out, shout out. Uh, Mr. Kazmierzak. Mr. Kazmierzak. Fantastic. He got you into Butler. Yes. That's awesome. So, very quickly for me, I grew up in Virginia, and the area that I grew up in, it, it wasn't as cool as what we have here in Columbus, Ohio, where you have a major university you have a town where you can quickly get to a lot of big-time things. Columbus Blue Jackets, Ohio State football, Ohio State basketball, crew. It's it's great. Like, you can hop in your car and in 15 minutes be somewhere. I didn't really have that, but we did have the Maryland Terrapins when I was in high school. We had the Georgetown Hoyas before that. I, for some reason, latched on to the Terps. I figured that they were a bit of the, they were more of the underdog. Georgetown had that Nike backing. They were always one of the big brands. You know, since they won their title in the 80s with with Patrick Ewing and John Thompson, they were like the big dogs. So I just kind of flocked to Maryland. And then of course they wound up getting hot and they won a national title. And Gary Williams of course here at Ohio State was there and that was a great team. So that's for me I think where it where it began. Steve Blake, Lonnie Baxter, and you know, then you had uh, then you had Steve Francis playing for Maryland. After that, they were they were just great teams that I that I loved to follow. And then, of course, I got uh, got to a point where I wanted to do sports for a living, and went out and went to journalism school. And I picked Kansas to go to school. So my love of college basketball sort of took me there for studying and for following that team. And so that was fantastic, getting to go to school and sit at press row and call games for. You know, the University of Kansas, I can remember doing, you know, big Kentucky games in the non-conference, all the Big 12 action, whether it was, you know, John Lucas, Oklahoma State teams or, you know, Texas teams with P.J. Tucker and LaMarcus Aldridge, squads like that. It was it was just a dream. And then I got to spend some time in my career on Tobacco Road. So I I, ju- I really do feel blessed. Like if it all ended today, you've had a pretty nice if it all ended today. I would say that it's it's been pretty fun. 
And a uh, couple of like my my favorite college basketball memories would have to be Steph Curry going off at the of RBC Center in Raleigh in those first couple of rounds of the NCAA tournament. Remember when it was Gonzaga and a two seed, I think it was a Roy Hibbert Georgetown team. And he just showed the country who he was and where he was going and what he was going to do. And I remember getting an interview with his dad during one of the games and playing that at our station. Maybe I'll find that in a future podcast for for you. But that was that was great for me. And I'm glad you mentioned the Butler thing because that was there may be two sports stories that I really put up there for me personally. And it was Tom Watson almost pulling off the unthinkable when he won a British Open when he was almost 60 years old. I remember being a, that. a big fan of his of course. and how devastated I was when he didn't pull it off and a guy like Stuart Sink won it. And it was Butler basketball. Like you said, the little guy, right? Getting a chance to go to the big dance, make it to the end, and almost win a national championship. And I covered that a Duke Gordon team. Hayward shot away. Yeah, a half-court shot that caroms off the rim. I covered that Duke team in the tournament for my job that year, and I was still pulling for Butler. I mean, just think about that. In their home city, nonetheless, in Indianapolis. It's incredible. It just doesn't make any sense. All right, so evil bald Colin, Timmy Hall here with you, mad about hoops. We got to get to the home team. This is the portion of the podcast where we mark it down what this Ohio State basketball team is going to be because of who on this team, who's going to be the biggest reason for them to reach maximum potential, which I will say final four is their maximum potential. Because if I believe we've got a team that belongs somewhere around the top 15 in this sport where I even think there's fewer locks than there have been in years past to make it to the Final Four, Ohio State's going to have a chance. And I think those two guys are Caleb and DJ Carton. That's funny, because I was going to say EJ Liddell and Caleb Wesson. EJ and Caleb. I so think, why EJ and not DJ? Well, I mean, trust me, DJ's going to be one of the most important players on this team. Let me just say that. But I'm really impressed. Just the little glimpses I saw in that game against Cedarville with what he can pre- present as a, as a complimentary player down low in the post to Caleb Wesson. I think that's what we've been missing the past couple of years with him in this system is that he's kind of been the man down there. If EJ can provide that complimentary player down in the post, I think with the the astounding guard play we have around the perimeter, which is big come March Madness, I think that's one of the biggest important pieces if he can come onto the scene and perform right away. You know, that's, that's interesting because when you talk about this team, a lot of it's been what would happen if Caleb Wesson has to leave the floor? And I don't think, and I I love this guy too. Like the, Kyle Young, this is not a shot on you because you're a very important basketball player. And he's going to be this year. And, and there are, he is, and he's a starter, and, and I like having him in there. And that's another thing too, where th- this could be a team where the starters change throughout the year. Well, Chris Holtman actually said it himself, that he's not entirely sure if this is going to be something that, that locks in all year. But EJ is somebody... Even though, I mean, what's he listed as? Is he a 6'7 guy? He's probably around 6'7, 6'8. 6'7, 6'8. That's probably safe. He's certainly not as big as Caleb Wesson is, even though he keeps losing pounds by the minute, which is still totally fine. He's still 250 pounds, and the guy could could be awesome this year. You need somebody other than Caleb that can work down there, that can score. And maybe another guy in Alonzo Gaffney steps up along the way. The good news is... 
you know, I say DJ Carton, you say EJ Liddell for that other guy besides Caleb Wesson, who we all know. I look at that as a majorly good thing and not a bad thing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can never have too many good young players ready to come out and, you know, potentially be a, a force in your starting five. The thing that I like about DJ Carton is, and you saw this too, when you're able to catch glimpses of something in an exhibition game, there's nothing be- there's nothing better than that, right? Absolutely. It's an exhibition game, and you can say, like, oh, oh, yeah. Like he, he's got speed. He's got tremendous size for what you really need out of a point guard. He's got strength. Just look at him. Just take a look at his arms. Like, the guy's chiseled. I even love his hairstyle. I think a great hairstyle goes a long way. It's not quite Kobe White, who's doing his thing there for of the course. Chicago Bulls right now. Right. But it's got a nice puff and a, and a foof to it right there. I, I like it a lot. And he attacks the basket. And what D'Angelo Russell couldn't do because he didn't have the ups and the athleticism. Now, he could buttery get it done. No, I'm not saying that. Not, not even putting DJ at D'Angelo status yet. But it just excites me when you got a guard that can fly up the court. And when he finishes off a play, it's with a thunderous dunk and not a layup. I love you say that because it's the first thing I was going to say regarding DJ Carton is the difference that we can see this year already within an exhibition game versus what we saw last year is the things like pace of play and how they work their offense. And, you know, Holtman's talked about the dependency on running plays in the half court and you know, a slower pace last year. What we get with a guy like also C.J. Walker, but alongside D.J. Carton and how they can push the ball and you don't have to wait for setting up an offensive play. You can just go and find ways to beat the defense if mm-hmm. it isn't set up yet. That's perfect for what they could need this year. I know we don't really have a lot of uh, examples to throw, and this isn't really the best thing that plays out over a podcast because then we'd have to tell our listeners to then go to YouTube and watch it. But I just I want to give D.J. Carton the first semi ojale Dunk of the Week award. After the drive, outside Milton three. <laughs> We just love that soundbite. We just love it. The putback dunk in the NCAA tournament. I couldn't even tell you what game that was, but Semi Ojale just screaming and bellowing from the bottom of his lungs. DJ Carton had a few dunks in that exhibition game that just kind of showed you, oh, this guy. We we got something right here. So I am I think we're both very excited about Ohio State basketball. If you had to peg them somewhere, if you had to give them a seed. Seed you are comfortable to give them off the start. What would it be? Let's say it at the same time. We'll go a three, okay. two, one, and then a go. Three, two, one, five. Four. All right. Around that 16 okay. to 20 range where they're ranked right now, I think that's appropriate. But there's guys like Lunardi right now that are buying into the hype of these young guys, and he has them all the way up to a three. Well, it doesn't matter with his bracketology right now. It's still interesting to see how people are viewing this young talent. Well, you you know I love some hype, and especially if I can hype up the Holt man because he's he, – and I'll, oh, we I'll, love tell, him. I'll tell you this too. I'll tell you this, like dealing with some other big-time college basketball coaches – when I was either at, you know, in Kansas or, you know, dealing with coaches in the Big 12 or in the ACC and now in the Big 10, he's unlike any I've ever come across. He really is. That's some high praise. He's unlike any I've ever come across, and he's a big-time coach is the thing. Like, he is a big-time coach, but the way he treats you is like he you were in a small town in some Division Two type of city. And he was starving for attention and wanting the coverage. That's how Chris Holtman treats the media here in this town. Yeah, I would say and that. this is Columbus, Ohio. So he's he literally is the greatest. And that it goes a long way, but me rooting for him and wanting to see this team be really successful. But I'm all for 
making them prove it a little bit. And a little bit of that comes from him for me because he's so much about that. And it sort of, you know, trickles off to his team, not looking at the rankings, being ranked in the preseason. That's really not what it's about. It's about where you're ranked at the end of the season. And they have not been ranked in the preseason for a number of years. Even though they got all these guys and I expect things out of them, I think a five is a fair place to start. Hey, it's a heck of an upgrade from where they finished last year. It's six seed lines better than what they finished last year. So already I look at that as a heck of an an improvement. And I think there's potential for this team to get to a three or a two seed this year. Yeah, I really don't have any much more to add on to that. I just chose four because of where, obviously where they're ranked right now, where I think they can be and what the challenges that are presented to them on their non-conference slate and adding to their conference slate is going to be very, uh, very helpful. So I think that right around the four or five, you can't go wrong. All right, everybody. It is the Mad About Hoops podcast. Moving along to a different topic here. We are not going to go super heavy. It's not going to be like a thick buttermilk cream on preseason predictions. All right. But we have one thing that we want to give you, and that's a final four. That's what we're going to do. We are going to give you a final four prediction. We're not going to have the preseason polls. Because I'm more into the wait, you know, three, four, maybe even six or seven weeks into the season before you come out with your first poll and see where the dust is settled after a lot of these fun non-conference games. But we want to do something fun. So, Evil Bald Colin, what do you have for – give me your first two Final Fours. I want to know a little bit about your your process and how you pick a Final Four. All right, so first off, whenever I'm looking for teams that are going to make a run in March Madness, I always look at guard play. Veteran guard play is always very important to me. Who is someone that's going to be able to take the ball and not only just be the point guard and lead the offense, but who can also put up the points? Now, I would say about three of my four teams fit that criteria right now, which is very interesting. But first off, my first team that I'm going to put up, and honestly, after last night, kind of makes me a little bit nervous, but Michigan State. Cassius Winston, you can't say enough about him. He's a preseason All-American candidate and probably the best point guard in the con- in the country easily. Um, my only concern is that the depth with this team, especially with Joshua Langford being out, is a little bit questionable. The three-point shooting with Langford being out is also a little bit questionable. Aaron's should pick it up for them when he comes off the bench. But outside of that, Aaron Henry and guys like that, they ha- they haven't historically been that great from three. Yeah. So we'll see how that works out. All right. So you broke one of my cardinal rules and picking the final four. You went with pretty much the heaviest favorite in all of college basketball. Hey, I don't feel good about it. Hey, so you get one of these. Congratulations. You went with Michigan state to make your final four. Good for you. Every single person I click on, on the internet has the Spartans cutting the nets down. I I just, I don't, I don't see it happen. I know he's gone to a lot of Final Fours, but you're still your odds are better not picking Michigan State to make the Final Four. I would agree. It's not something that can happen every single year. I know he's made eight Final Fours, but he's been coaching there like 22 years or whatever. So you don't want to know my two big guys. My I picked two big dogs. This is my process in picking it. I want to get the rest of yours too. I went two big guys. I went with a middle tier team, and then I went with someone that's not in the top 25. That's my own personal rule for picking a fun Final Four because all in all, this doesn't really matter. Like, no one's going to care. Like, we don't lose anything if our Final Four is going to be wrong. It probably will be wrong. So I choose to have some fun with it and not just try to pick four big-time, you know, top eight, top nine teams in the AP Right, you could pick all top four teams that were in the preseason rankings. You may get one. 
And most people do that. So continue on with yours. I want to hear the other three. All right. So my second my second big dog that I chose is Kansas. And I don't feel very great after what I saw last All night. Right. 28 turnovers. It's okay. We, sh- we, we share one in Kansas. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll do the telling you why there. Because they're going to have some guards that will progress a lot through the season. Can't you just see it in that Ochai Abaji? He is freakishly good. He looks good. I like he the, is freakishly good. I like and they'll, him. They'll the have Garrett Isaiah Moss, kid, too. Isaiah Moss. They'll have Moss. And Dotson. Yeah, Devin Dotson already great, right? Moss, transfer from Iowa. He's going to be good. Abaji, you can see how how he's just insanely good. I don't know what he scored last night, but he can attack the rim and get it done. It's it's What can you say about the turnovers? It's it's disgusting. It was rough. Yeah. Well, what can you say about that? Sylvia D'Souza, though. That's another X, exactly. X Factor name to throw in there. Exactly. Who else? Uh, in terms of Final Four teams? Yes. Yeah, give me your last two. Uh, I'm going to go with Florida. I really like what Kerry Blackshear is going to bring to that team as a That's transfer. That's another big, man. big dog. Mike White. I really like his coaching style. I think this is the SEC team I was favoring going into mm-hmm. last night. And I do like Kentucky a little bit more than I usually did before last night. But I'm going to go with Florida. How do you not like Florida? That's, that's three big dogs. Who's your last one? And then You said f- I'm not going to get this my one. My fourth? Well, you probably will because I love to trust Dana Allman and how he performs okay. up in Oregon. Okay. And I'm going to take Peyton Pritchard. They also have a five-star center and C.J. Walker. And then they also have a guy that uh, played quite a bit last year in Will Richardson that should be able to lead the team and a little bit of scoring from the wing. Boy, you are evil. You are evil. If I'm not mistaken, Oregon is a top 15 team they in are, the yes. AP poll, they correct? Are, yes. yes. Yeah. So I am at an incredible disadvantage now, aren't I, with my own final four rules? If you're sticking with I'm the one, one that has to use them, though. You don't have you, you go by your own rules. I have mine. I know they're personal. But if you're picking a team we talked about before doing the show, I think I like them a lot to make a run. This is who I've got. KU and Duke. All right? And I picked these before the game last night. So, scout, Scout's honor. You did, too. Yes. The big dogs were locked in last week as I was doing my research and looking at everything. I just think for Duke, even though they get so many new freshmen, their freshmen are just dripping with talent. And I just, don't, frankly, don't like to keep Coach K out of the Final Four for that long. And I think 2015, am I correct? When they the won, last time when they, they won were the there? title last, I when believe. When they won yeah. the title last is when they were there. So, I think it's too long. A dark horse who is... This, this team is ranked in the top 15, but... I really think they're more of a long shot to make the Final Four, but I just like them, and I like their high-level score that they have with Powell. Seton Hall, the Pirates. I love it. Uh, Absolutely. I picked the Seton Hall Pirates, for God's sakes, to go to the Final Four. I am out of my mind. I'm crazy. And an out-of-the-top-25 team. Still a Power 5 team, but it's sort of off the board. They're not ranked in either of the polls, to my knowledge. Definitely not the AP poll. Care to take a guess? It's a Power 5 conference team, and I have a lot of trust in their head coach and the system that's been in place. There's even, uh, you could say, a connection with Ohio State. Oh, man. That's a tough one. Mm -hmm. Because I was going to guess Matt Painter. CJ Walker. Leonard Hamilton. Leonard Hamilton. And the Florida State Seminoles. Wow. I'm going to go with Florida State. Why? Because it's a team that almost always gets in the tournament. Leonard Hamilton, do you know how old that guy is? He's 71 years old. He looks younger than that. He does. He does. But I have a, he gets lost. He gets lost in college basketball for being as successful as he's been in that conference and putting some really dynamic teams out on the floor. And I think you get, you get really tough defense 
You get quality interior play. Very athletic team. You get athleticism. You get games that are usually neutralized and that they're in almost every game that they play because of the style that they play. So I've got KU, Duke, Seton Hall, Florida State. Yours again, CB? I have Michigan State, Oregon, Kansas, Florida. All right. Uh, This is the part of the podcast where I like to throw in a little game and something that me and uh, Evil Bald Colin might be doing to each do to each other throughout the year will fall into our our last segment, and maybe we'll make it a thing where one of Evil Bald Colin's favorite things will be the last segment that we hit on in our podcast each time we update it. But I I stumbled into this. I stumbled into this, and this is this could be fun for everybody listening, and you can play along and think of guys in your head and just yell at your podcast player or wherever you're listening to this, and you'll probably go run to your computer after this to look at some other things. So I looked at Leonard Hamilton, right? We're just talking about Leonard Hamilton of Florida State, how old he was and how I could not believe he's been at Florida State. Take a guess when he started that gig. Oh, I'll say 30 years. No, no, not that long. Okay. Not that long. I, you made it seem like it was a lot longer. It is a lot. 2002-2003. The oh, 02-03 okay. season was his first, which is a heck of a long time. Heck of a long time. There are only 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 coaches in the country. And we're in a Division One where there's, I don't even know how many teams 325, are. 325-something. How many coaches can you name that have been in their job longer than Leonard Hamilton? So there's 13, I would say maybe half that you I'd should be comfortable get with. A few of, you should definitely get a few of these yeah. if you want to be considered the smartest college <laughs> basketball guy on this podcast. Okay, I can do it. So let's hear him. All right, Coach K down at Duke. Yes, he's he's second. Second longest tenure. Yeah, Bayheim. You got to get Bayheim. Yeah, he's been there since '76. Yes. Um, There's the guy where you say 30 years, and they say no, 40 years. Let's go. With, you got the first two, let's so go good. With Izzo. Izzo. Yes, absolutely. 95, 96. I'm gonna go a little bit off the board on this one with Randy Bennett from St. Mary's. It's very good. It's very good. That's oh, my man. guy, Evil Paul <laughs> Collin, hitting that, Randy Bennett. Yeah. Now you got to start thinking. That's four that you got. Wider, wider stretched. Um, there's still some big ones. I will say there's. I know you'll kick yourself because I probably it, will. You'll definitely kick yourself because I know you love mid majors, and we'll get to that. I know that's always the hardest part. And all right, I got to say Ohio State connection too. Ohio State schedule. Think Ohio State. It's sch- coming up soon. Roy. No, Roy's not been at North Carolina that long. No, oh three, oh four. Well, it's only one year. One year. He got there one year after uh, Leonard Hamilton was at FSU. But no. Oh man, Big East, Big East, big guy, very successful. Not a big guy, but very successful. Oh, Jay Wright. Jay Wright. Yeah, yeah, Jay Wright. There's five. Got any more? You're running out of time. You're yeah, running out of time. Um, I'm blanking. All right, I'm gonna give you some. Mark Few, baby. Oh, my goodness. Mark Few, Gonzaga, never leaving, right? 99-2000, statue there. You've got Mike Bray, Notre Dame. Yeah, that's I wouldn't have got that, 2000-2001. Then you got some of these deep track mid-major guys, Will Brown, Albany in the America East. Yeah, you've got Fran O'Hanlon, Lafayette. Never, never gotten that one. <laughs> Bob McKillop's one you're going to kill yourself over. Bob McKillop. 
Davidson Wildcats. Oh, of course. Yeah. All right. You did all right. You did okay. Do you I was any- pretty happy with the Randy Bennett one. Do you have anything yes. for me? So we're going to do familiar faces in new places. So I'm going to give you the team. Oh, if you boy. don't recognize the name of the guy, I'll at least give you the team he was with previously. Okay. Going into this year. Okay. So you have Eric Musselman. He was previously with Nevada. Where is he now? Oh, my God. Oh. Musselman. I don't know. Power 5 conference. It's not in the Big Ten. Down south. It's the SEC. Yes. Uh, Georgia. No, that's where our buddy Tom Crean is. Tom Crean. Duh! Tom Crean's at Georgia. Ah! Very good player, and Anthony Edwards uh, right now as a freshman, too. Bama? No, he's at Arkansas. Arkansas! Jeez. Now, the guy that uh, Crean replaced (laughs) and Mark Fox, he went from Georgia to where? Mark Fox was at Georgia. Yeah. I don't know. He went to Cal. California. Oh, boy. 0 for 2. Here's a big name. Steve Alford. He left UCLA and went where? Oh, my God. He replaced somebody on this list. Steve Alford went to went to the South, went no. to the SEC. He, he went to Nevada. You got it. Oh, my God. I didn't, I didn't get it, though. I didn't get that. <laughs> These are tough. These are tough. Uh, team of, quite honestly, the tournament last year, Mike Young, from Wofford to where? Boy, wasn't ready. Replaced a big-name coach. Boy, was not ready. In the ACC. Oh, this is devastating. This hurts. Mm. Big name coach in the ACC. His team won a big one last night in an ACC game. Clemson and... Mm, who played them? Who played... Who, I was watching some of that game. Virginia Tech. There you go. Yeah. And last but not least, you have a big name former NBA player that is coaching Vanderbilt. Can you name that player? Coaching Gloria Vanderbilt. Spent some time with the Mavericks. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Tell me. Jerry Stackhouse. Stack. Jeez. Well, you are, without a doubt, the smartest college basketball <laughs> dude on this it. podcast this week. Well done, Evil Bald Colin. Absolutely smoking me right there. Very good. All right, before we are done with our very first edition of Mad About Hoops, we're going to call this our mid-major flavor. There is nothing that Evil Bald Colin loves more than a good mid-major basketball program. I think we can all agree on that, too, if we are diehard college hoops fans. There's so many of the little guys out there trying to get it done. So... This could maybe be like a one to watch for the season since it's the very first podcast and these are going to creep up all throughout the year who we like and why. So who do you love? Who's your mid-major? Well, you know, I actually, there's a lot of people out there that love the Ivy and are begging for it to be a two-bid league this year because Penn, who just upset Alabama on the first night of the season, and then Harvard, who we've been gushing over the entire offseason with Bryce Aiken and Seth Towns, that's my team to watch in a tournament that not just won one game, but could make the two-game leap. You know, I actually secretly thought about putting Harvard in my Final Four. 
I would have loved it. I would have given you all the credit. I'm right there. Seth Towns from here, which is awesome. Harvard, I think I saw a tweet somewhere where their recruits, they have like maybe eight or nine guys on their team that were top 300 recruits. That's the Sammy. That's or, crazy. Yeah, that's the Amaker. For Ivy League to get that. That's the Tommy Amaker effect. I'm easily. with you. I'm with you. The Crimson, Harvard, they should be back in the tournament, and they should be doing things in the tournament. I love them, too. I love Vermont. I also love Vermont. Oh, how could the you Catamounts, not? baby. I mean, they've dominated yeah. the America East, and you have guys like Daniel Giddens, who we recognize around here, and you have Anthony Lamb, the Duncan Twins. It's going to be a pretty good team. All right. We are going to have so much fun with you guys throughout the course of the season. Uh, we're going to have interviews. We're going to be reaching out to some of the experts around college basketball, players and coaches that are in our area here as well. We'll keep you constantly updated and giving you our thoughts and opinions on Ohio State basketball, mid-major flavor, things that we notice throughout the college basketball campaign that we don't have time to talk about anywhere else. It's all going to be here. Evil Bald Colin, thank you very much. Thank you, Timmy. Always appreciate it. Have a great week watching college basketball. And to all you out there, also have a fantastic week week watching college basketball. It's mad about hoops.